Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Belmont Journal, Belmont's own program for hyperlocal news and community affairs programming. I'm your host, Roger Colton. The Belmont Art Association has been awarded a grant by the Belmont Cultural Council to do a public art project, painting some of the traffic control boxes around town. The Art Association will send a request for proposals in the spring to both artists and designers to submit designs. The first traffic control boxes will be painted this summer. Welcome to This Week in the Belmont Citizen Herald. I have with me today Joanna Juvelis, who is the senior multimedia journalist for the Citizen Herald, Belmont's online and print source of local news. Joanna, one of Belmont's favorite school principals has a new job. Can you tell us about it? Yes, he's getting a new job. Mike McAllister, he's the Chenery principal. He's been the Chenery principal for about four years, and he's very well liked in the district. He's been, actually been with Belmont for 20 years because prior to being Chenery principal, he was the Butler principal. And prior to that, he was, he a, was a Chenery a, teacher, a Chenery <laughs> and, and director of social studies for all of all of Belmont Public Schools. And his new position again is he will be what they're calling the director of human capital. It's slightly what different from <laughs> slightly different from director of human resources because it is more of an educational leadership role, according to Superintendent John Phelan. That's so he's he staying within the district, but moving to a district uh, uh, position. Yes, great. So he's not leaving Belmont. He's just been promoted to the central office, and they're going to. He's not going to leave until they find an interim principal, which they are posting right away. They want to find an interim principal, and then they're also posting right away the permanent principal position, which they want to fill by July first of this year. And, and this was a competitive position, right? It there was. were ten applicants. Ten applicants. Then they narrowed it down to six. There was a search committee. They narrowed it down to six, and then M Michael was one of the three finalists. And they, all the three finalists were principals. Now you said that uh, there will be an interim principal at the Chenery. This makes three different schools uh, in Belmont that now will have interim principals. You're right. Yes, because Winbrook's principal is retiring the end of this year, so they're searching for a principal for that school. And the Burbank principal left the district last year uh, to become the assistant superintendent in Bedford. And there's been an interim principal there all year, but they hope to fill that position as well. So yes, three principal vacancies in Belmont at the And each time. of those vacancies is hoped to be filled by July 1 of yes. uh, this year, yes. July 1 of 2020. Yes. Okay, let's close the door on that and let's talk about the coronavirus. It seems like whenever you open the newspaper, Newspaper, TV, radio—it's—it's it's, they're just constantly talking about What's it. What's the threat here in Belmont? It, there any. is, there's the the risk here in the U.S. and in Belmont is low. The it is a serious public health threat, though. There's no doubt about that. But the risk is is low, and uh, there is currently cases only five cases in the U.S. in four states: Arizona, Washington, Illinois, and California. So it hasn't come close to Massachusetts yet. And have you had uh, an opportunity to talk to Wesley Chin? The head I of have, Board of Health? director of the health department. I called him and he's like, we're already, you know, we're already getting calls from people and we've been working very closely with the public health nurse, uh, the CDC, which is the Center for Disease Control, 
the superintendent of public schools, the director of nursing for public schools. They're all in very close contact with the CDC and monitoring this and just to see, you know, is there anything we should be doing in preparation. And Superintendent John Phelan sent uh, an email to all parents saying, we are monitoring this closely, do not worry. Flu is more of a risk right now to us than coronavirus. So you should still just practice all your good cleaning habits. You know, wash your hands with soap and water for 20 seconds. Use alcohol-based hand sanitizer with at least 60% alcohol. Uh, don't go to work if you're sick. Uh, cover your mouth with a tissue if you're sneezing or coughing. Just all the basic, you know, not to spread germs things that we, we know that we've learned from kids. But don't touch your eyes if your hands are dirty. Don't touch your nose or your mouth, you know, things like that that people just have to remember. And um, again, there's no travel to China now, which is good. No non-essential travel. So I think that will help maybe And what I'm hearing away. you say is that there, there are illnesses, but they are the illnesses that we deal with all the time, flu and cold, and there are basic things you can do. Right. So right now, it's a, it's a low risk for coronavirus, but they are monitoring it closely, and I'll be re continue to report on it if, if more things are being done in Belmont to protect residents. That's great. Thank you very much. Well, the 2020 decennial census by the U.S. Census Bureau is upon us, and Belmont will be participating in that census along with the rest of the country. We have with us today John Marshall, who is the assistant town administrator for the town of Belmont to help us, uh, to help walk us through the census and explain to us why it's important to participate. Thanks for stopping over, John. Thanks for having me. The first thing I think it's important to distinguish to folks is that the federal census that is coming up is different from the town census that people get and fill out hopefully every year. Yes. Uh, so right now, um, residents should have received the local census, the Belmont census. Um, we'll be completing that information um, between January and February. We like to have all that information into the town clerk's office by the end of February. Um, so that's the local census. When you do that, yes. you have to still do the federal census. Correct. Yes. This is a uh, different census um, that's administered through the federal government. So um, that's required, yes. And the federal census is every 10 years, so it's important for people to focus on it. And March is the, the month where uh, the focus really starts to occur? Yes. So in March, um, they will start sending out information to your homes. Uh, there'll be mailings that will go out. I believe they're planning on having a couple of mailings. Um, and that's where uh, information uh, sharing is really important for people to understand it's coming. Um, and to be ready for it. Let's define who the they is because one of the concerns I think is people are getting so much political information that sure. it goes in the, uh, the recycling. So when you get information on the census from So it will be coming from the, the US Census Bureau. Okay. Um, it will have Don't throw it away. Correct. That's not political information. Correct. Don't throw it away. Okay. Yep. And people will uh, get this information explaining what's going on and uh, what they need to do. But the census itself begins in April. Correct. April 1 is Census Day. Um, so April 1, 2020 Census Day. That's when people can start completing uh, the census and start um, submitting it. There's a big push this year for people to complete it online. Um, so in recognition of that, 
uh, I've been working with uh, Nava Niv Vogel uh, and Peter Strazero. Um, Who are the head of the Council on Aging and the head of the library. Correct, yes. Okay. Um, and we've been strategizing on ways to make it easier for Belmont citizens to complete the census. So we're in the planning process right now to um, have a couple of um, days or evenings where people can come in. Uh, we'll also invite the U.S. Census workers to come in uh, and people can complete those forms uh, with the help of the U.S. Census. Uh, and one of the things in completing the forms is it just has to be done with a U.S. Census worker. So we can help set up the stations and get people to a location where they can do it but then the handoff really goes to the U.S. Census worker. Their big um, kind of push in this is for information to be confidential. They don't want anyone other than the people who have taken a sworn oath to keep that information confidential working with people on the census. And let's talk briefly about why it's important for people to, to do this. Uh, people should not treat this casually. So it has a number of implications. Um, one is with districting. So based on the population counts, um, there would be some potential changes in districts. Um, congressional districts. Congressional districts, yep. Uh, also, um, money that gets distributed by the federal government. That money can trickle down from the federal government to the state, and then from the state to communities, or sometimes there are grants and things that are available, or funding available, that can go directly to the municipality itself. So in our case, we might benefit from um, you know, having a very accurate count of who we have living in Belmont. People should start looking for information in March and then in April is when the census starts and if you are uncomfortable in uh, doing online uh, information uh, then you can go to the library or the Council on Aging. Yep, we will have at those two locations we'll have specific times where we'll have um, uh, census workers that will be there to assist. You know, there'll be more information as we move forward. And the big thing is, as that information comes out and around that March timeframe, is really for everyone in town to get the word out. So if you're part of a group or an organization in town, you know, letting your neighbors know that it's coming, ensuring that everyone completes that census, it's very important. Welcome to This Week in the Belmontonian. I have with me today Franklin Tucker, the editor and publisher of The Belmontonian, Belmont's online source for hyperlocal news. Franklin, the town recently received a, a gift to help uh, the Belmont Police Department. Can you bring us up today? That's right. It was a uh, very generous, generous, and I think it's. Um, I think they said it, it was the uh, largest gift they've ever got. It was for a hundred ten thousand uh, $101,000, I should say. It was from Graham and Liz Allison, um, two people who have lived here for a long time, and have given a lot of money to the town and, uh, and, and to uh, groups in the town. And uh, this was um, a specific request uh, from the um, uh, police department uh, stating that they would like to have uh, equip, their, um, uh, equip their officers with tasers. And, and Belmont was actually one of the few police departments that does not have tasers. That's right. Uh, communities around uh, Boston uh, and in this area almost exclusively have tasers. We're one of the one-third of the communities throughout the state that does not have tasers. This will allow us to have a, well, as they like to say, a non-lethal um, uh, way of, of controlling a situation uh, that's not 
really true. Tasers can be very can be deadly at, at times. But uh, but uh, one part of this. Um, uh, the, the money that's coming in is not just for the physical um, uh, weapons, but also training, which will be the most important part, as, as uh, this was something that um, uh, former Chief McLaughlin had been uh, looking to do, and um, uh, he believes that this will just uh, increase the, uh, the level of um, safety that, that uh, you know, in case we, they get into a, a, a harmful situation, they can go to tasers without going to guns. And, and there must be circumstances where people ex would expect this to be helpful? Uh, I, the police certainly do. And, and if they think that this is a, and you know, the, Belmont's not a town where, where the police are running around with their guns out. And, and uh, so it's not, it's, it's, it's a rather, uh, you know, a very safe town. But there's always a situation. You never know, you know, um, Watertown had the, um, had the uh, Boston bombers. So you always have to be safe. So thanks to Liz and Gray, uh, Graham Allison. That's right. Uh, let's close the door on that and uh, talk about a loss that, uh, well, to say that it's a Belmont loss would be to understate it's a loss to a lot of people. It's a loss to the world, the world of business. Um, uh, uh, Clayton Christensen, uh, uh, not just one of the, uh, a great mind in, in business, but certainly uh, just a gentleman, if you could, <laughs> there's, there's no other way of saying it, just a wonderful man who was... Uh, Empathetic and um, uh, you know and and, and did a lot uh, for uh, uh, his uh, his community, which was the Mormon community, and, and also uh, the community of business. I mean, he he wrote one of the seminal books of all time in business, and it was uh, um, and, disruptive innovation. And it was about disruptive innovation. Yeah. And he talked about how, and if you go online, uh, you can see uh, some great um, um, explanations to it. It, it, uh, it. it has been, as even he has had stated, it had been misconstrued in, in terms of what it really meant. But uh, he, was, uh, he, he, he did uh, um, uh, write this book in the mid-90s, and it certainly changed a lot of people's outlook on how to... Uh, um, really uh, find another way to get uh, business and, and, and growth and uh, it's just a wonderful it's a wonderful book uh, if you can if you can go through this slog the, through it <laughs> and the book's name is um, the innovators dilemma that's right it is but he was also a person who was um, he also helped Belmont he was also suggest when people asked him about things you know I think um, you know he did back about a decade ago um, uh, help the town in, in terms of uh, looking at ways of uh, trying to be more innovative in the schools and he said the best way of, and what his thing was he said look at it, online courses really just really take everything that's out there uh, and, and bring it in and, and really try to mesh it with inside uh, the, the school system and it was a, a rather um, <clears throat> you know adroit and, and, and way of, of him thinking you know the best way of, of helping Belmont um, move on in its uh, you know be more innovative in its education um, he was a he was a more than uh, I think it was a, a 25 year resident of Fletcher Road, uh, <laughs> and uh, um, he said he had some of his best uh, thoughts when he was driving to to work on Huron Avenue. So he, when <laughs> when he was going through town, that's great. Well, uh, Clayton Christensen, a Belmont resident, a Harvard business professor, and one of the world's great minds, passed away at the age of 67. Last November, the Belmont Council on Aging implemented a volunteer driver program to help Belmont seniors to go from place to place. 
After a few months, the Council on Aging found that its ride needs are numerous, and the Council on Aging would like to develop its crew of volunteer drivers. Belmont Journal citizen journalist David Webster explains. My name is Ellen Sullivan and I'm a volunteer driver with the Volunteer Driver Program and the Volunteer Driver Program fulfills a real need for transportation for our seniors in the community. Hi. Hi Kim, how are you? I'm Ellen. I'm nice to meet you. Come on. Let's go on and get in the car. Okay. The main purpose of the Volunteer Driver Program is to ensure that our seniors remain active and involved in the community. So we uh, drive seniors to a variety of uh, locations around the area. Our current uh, Council on Aging Transportation only operates Monday through Friday 8 to 4. We provide around 700 rides a month and when I first learned that figure I was completely blown away by that and even with that robust amount of transportation there still is an overwhelming amount of demand by our seniors to to go to medical appointments, uh, social engagements, volunteer um, opportunities that they want to volunteer at. So we were just not able to meet the demand that was out there. I've met some wonderful people. It's a great way to give back to the community. And what I love about it is I love the flexibility. You drive when your schedule allows. These seniors are maybe temporarily unable to drive or permanently not unable to drive. And they want to remain active and engaged in the community. And what, like I said, what a great way to get to know your neighbors. It speaks volumes about the community we have here in, in, in Belmont. I work five days a week. 8.30 to 12.30. It allows me to get to work um, every day and not have to walk. I get rides to medical appointments um, and sometimes to entertainment. Hi Kim. Uh, Hi Jay. Thanks for the ride. No problem. Bye-bye. I think they've all been exceptional, very friendly, very welcoming, and it's a good service to have. Once again, it all comes back to keeping our, our seniors involved in the community and interactive in the community. If somebody's interested in being a volunteer, they would contact our transportation coordinator, Martin Clarity, here at the Senior Center. That he would, They would call Marty at 617-993-2989 and speak with Marty about the program and he would get all the necessary materials to the uh, volunteer. The Belmont Art Association presents an exhibition 2020 what we see at the Belmont Gallery of Art at the Homer building. The exhibition goes until the end of February and the Belmont Journal was at opening night. So thank you everyone for coming. Um, I am very proud of everybody's work here in the show and of the show. We have three quarters of our Belmont Art Association members uh, represented here. Um, 31 artists, I believe, uh, out of about 40 members, and it shows the great diversity of uh, the Belmont Art Association creative community. Uh, historically, the Belmont Art Association has had a show every year or two, and we felt it was time for a show after skipping a year. 
and uh, with the new uh, decade 2020 coming up, the theme of our show was 2020 vision. Uh, and we have 31 of our approximately 40 artists uh, with work in the show. And the theme is basically to show everyone what we are all working on. Art is very subjective and everyone looks at the world in their own way and sees the world uh, the way they perceive beauty. And the work that people produce is a reflection of that. We had a guest juror, Jillian Ross, who is the co-owner of Gallery Twist. Uh, in Lexington. In Lexington. She curated the placement of the pieces that she selected as well as picking out which work of the five submissions that each artist sent us uh, to be in our show. And one of the things that I love the best about this show is how she and Richard Hill, how they managed to group things in such a wonderful, wonderful way. It's just all thematic when you look at each section and it just makes it twice as nice. We are hosting Sunday events uh, February 2nd. Uh, the first one is going to be a film called Faces Places, which was nominated for an Academy Award. And I believe it's a French film with subtitles. And following Sunday, February the 9th, we are having a talk by BAA member Nicole Bernstein about how people perceive art, how the perception of seeing art uh, develops um, in individual people. And then on Saturday, February 15th, um, we will have a, sort of an informal grouping. Uh, we'll have a still life set up um, by another uh, couple of our members, Paul Beckingham and Fleur Tesmar will, will be here and people will be invited to come up to the Belmont Gallery of Art and draw a paint or whatever uh, portion of the still life they feel like. So lots of exciting events uh, happening during our show, which is up through the 28th of February. And here's Chet Messer to present the Belmont High Athletic Scoreboard. The Marauder girls basketball team played three games in the past week. They defeated Winchester 61-49, lost to Pembroke at TD Garden 56-38, and then on Tuesday night of this week defeated Watertown 54-37. They are tied for third at six wins and five losses with Arlington in the Middlesex Liberty Division. Their overall record is seven wins and seven losses. In Marauda boys basketball, they defeated Winchester 62-59 a week ago tonight. And this past Tuesday, however, lost in an upset as Watertown defeated them 58-55. They do remain in first place in the Middlesex Liberty Division at nine wins and one loss. Interestingly, Burlington, who was in first place in the Freedom Division, also lost on Tuesday night and is now 10 and one. Belmont will play Burlington at Burlington near the end of the season. Last Saturday, the Belmont boys ice hockey team defeated Wakefield three to nothing a game played at the Stoneham Ice Rink. The opening goal was scored by number 25, Santa Gatti. On Monday evening, the hockey team lost to Reading 4-3, but featured a terrific breakaway goal by Matt Brody. The girls' game to be held at Vigorolo Rink was postponed since they were unable to make ice in the very warm 70-degree temperatures last Saturday. 
Rebecca Anderson, shown here skiing the giant solemn, is a member of the Marotta Girls Ski Team. She, along with Emily Greenhow, are consistent point getters for the Marotta Girls Ski Team. Martin Vigneris is one of the members of the Marotta's Boys Alpine Ski Team, and shown here competing in the giant slalom. John Regan is another consistent point getter. Weather and snow conditions permitting, I will be at Neshoba Valley Ski Area next Tuesday to speak with the coaches about this year's team. And now it's time for your community calendar. 2020 marks the 45th Stein Chamber Music Festival, a musical celebration that gives area musicians an opportunity to perform and enjoy chamber music. Come to listen to music of all genres, performed by musicians of all ages, on Saturday, February 1st at 5.30 p.m. at the All Saints Church, 17 Clark Street in Belmont. More information on the Powers Music School website. The Belmont High School Performing Art Company presents an improv show this Saturday, February 1st at 7 p.m. in the Belmont High Little Theater. It's a fast-paced showcase featuring games and scenes all made up on the spot based on audience suggestions. More information on the Belmont High website. Do you like cooking? Do you like eating? Do you like eating and talking about cooking? Sign up each month for the Cookbook Club at the Public Library. The next meeting is on Tuesday, February 4th at 7 p.m. in the Assembly Room. Each month, the club will pick a different cookbook and all make recipes to share and talk about. Space is limited to 20 chefs and registration is required. Do you like friendly competition and community mingling? The Trivia Night, held on Friday, February 7th at 7 p.m. at the Beach Street Center, might be for you. You can create your own team, or join one when you arrive. All funds raised go toward the purchase of new technical equipment for the Performing Arts Company in the Dan Scharfman College Scholarship Fund. The Scholarship Fund awards grants to two graduating PAC students each year. More information on the Belmont High PAC website. Local artist and Belmont Art Association member Nicole Bernstein is giving a talk on Sunday, February 9th at 2 p.m. at the Belmont Gallery of Art about how we view art and how our perception of art has evolved. More information on the Belmont Art Association website. Save the date. Valentine's Senior Speed Dating will be held on Wednesday, February 12th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Speed dating is a fun and efficient way to meet new people. The Council on Aging of Bedford, Belmont, Lincoln, Sudbury, and Watertown are teaming up for this event. More information coming up in the February Senior Notes of the Beach Street Center. And that's it for this week's edition of the Community Calendar. If you want to include information about one of your events, please send that information to the Belmont Media Center's News Director, Frederic Regalo at fred at belmontmedia.org. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Belmont Journal. As we sign off, thanks for watching. I'm your host, Roger Colton. I will see you again next time.